Refuge Freedom Stories, brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Hi, welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your guest host, Johnny T. And my guest today is John Edward Fugler. He's the director of Fresh Faith 24-7. He's a longtime author, and he's written the devotional series, Your Life with God, that inspires readers to immerse themselves in the relationship with Christ. His passion is to help people break free from spiritual frustration and performance-based Christianity into a true life of freedom. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Johnny. So tell me about yourself. You, uh, I know that you were an athlete and you're an author, and yet you lived life in kind of a performance-based way. So what kind of athlete were you? What kind of sports were big for you? Well, my big sport was baseball. I played baseball throughout high school and into college, through, throughout college, and then afterwards even played adult baseball. Finally, a little after 40 years old, I think I, I hung it up. Although I can still play catch with my sons and I will play catch with my grandson. So That's um, awesome. baseball has been a, a real love of mine and played some basketball, a little bit of football as well. And um, so I guess now I'll just play pickleball, huh? Oh yeah. I've heard of pickleball. <laughs> I've never played it, but it seems pretty popular. Yeah. So yeah, I go uh, into sports and I still love baseball, follow my, my favorite team, the Dodgers. And I'll tell you, I really carried this, performance and to do well, not just in my athletic career, when I came to Christ, it, it just really flooded into my, my Christian life as well. I went into a performance mode in my relationship with Christ. In fact, the night I became a, a Christian, I went forward at a church. I was in the back row. I was 16 years old. It happened to be a, a, an event where a college football coach spoke about how to be born again. And so I was, and I, I went into the back room afterwards, and the person who's doing follow-up with me handed me a Bible, and he says, if you don't do anything else, make sure you read this five minutes a day. And for me, it was, well, it's probably the best thing you could tell me, but also the worst thing, because what <laughs> I did was, I believe the Bible kept me in the game because I did that five minutes a day. There were no other Christians around me, and I, I made sure I got my five minutes in, and it really kept me in the game. However, it was like, that's how you do the Christian life. You read your Bible, which we should, but I equated that doing with relationship with Jesus. And as I went through being discipled and nurtured and mentored in my faith, this whole performance thing, it got the most of me. And I kind of feel like I overshot Jesus and did the performance thing rather than the relationship. So sports and relationship with Jesus Man, they were running parallel. This performance thing really ate me up. A lot of people, whether they're believers or not, they tend to have a, a work-based faith or work-based belief that, oh, if I do more good things in my life than bad things, then yeah, I'll make it to heaven. Johnny, you know, we, we come to Christ by grace, by faith, by grace here. And we know we can't earn our way to God when we do finally come to Jesus, have yes. that come to Jesus moment. And we do that. And then on the other side of that, you're right. We go back into that mode of I can do it. It all comes down, I think, to that sin of pride. I can do it. And we so we continue to do it and we get some results out of it. However, inside we get more and more empty. And that's really what happened to me. I was living the Christian life and I was doing the things that we're supposed to do, sharing my faith, reading my Bible, praying, being involved in a church, serving as much as I can. I was in full-time ministry and still am. 
And that became, for me, my relationship with God. I equated my relationship with God with my service for him. And it took me decades to figure out that's what was going on. So you still felt an emptiness inside, even though you had that promise of being saved through acknowledging Christ as your Savior. I did. I did. And I can tell you that it wasn't like I was always empty, but there was something missing. I knew there was something missing. And I struggled with anger and I was often frustrated. And I realized that something was not there in this relationship with Jesus, the emptiness. And also there was a lack of joy. There was an up and down experience in my faith walk. I'd have my highs and I have my lows, but there really was at the core something missing. And this went on for over 30 years as, as a believer. So how did you figure out exactly what that was? That's a deep hole to dig into and try and find your way around if you don't really know what you're looking for. So how did you narrow that down? Hmm. A friend of mine gave me a book. It's called With, Reimagining the Way You Relate to God by an author called Sky Jatani. And as a baseball guy, I could just see, you know, now batting number four, Sky Jatani. It sounds like a shortstop, you know, um, <laughs> but he's, he's an author. And this friend gave me the book and he said, this book is one of the best books I've ever read. And I really have learned a lot about my relationship with God. And he gave it to me and I read it. And man, it's one of those books you just pour through. And, and Sky shares about five ways that we relate to God. And I, I won't go into detail, but one is over God. One is under God. Uh, one is from God. And one is for God. And I lived for God. My doing things for God was my relationship with God. A lot of times we live over God, and we try to control God, even when we live under God, like we obey the Lord because we want his blessings. We are supposed to obey the Lord, but when the motivation is to get his blessings, we're saying, okay, I can control God's actions towards me and his blessings towards me by obeying him. And again, it, what it does, it puts us at the center. Well, he uh, shares about the fifth way and he describes us in detail and walks us through how to behave and, and relate this way. And it's with God, not over, under, from, or for, but with God. And for me, it was that way to me. It's like, oh, I get it now. I get it now. There's not this self-effort. There's not this performance. There's not trying to earn God's favor and God's love. Philippians 3.10, the sky brings up that verse, but since then, for me, it's become my, my verse. And it's from Paul where he says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Knowing Christ Jesus, and that's what it means to have a relationship with God. It's that knowing. As you look at the life of the Apostle Paul, you think, wow, Paul, of course you knew God. You were a leader. You were a, a martyr of the faith. And you just, boy, you knew Jesus better than anybody else. You met him on the road to Damascus. I mean, how dramatic is that? You really knew him. You saw him. Yeah. But he says, no, I want to know Christ. In Philippians 3.10, he says that straight out. I want to know Christ. And so for, for Paul to say, I want to know Christ and knowing him is, is better than anything. To me, that is what I want to do. I went on a pursuit to know Christ. And it's, it's been a real joy. 
and I've been battling, of course, the performance. I tell people I'm a recovering performaholic for Jesus. <laughs> and so every day is remembering that I'm relating with Christ. I have a relationship with Christ, not a relationship for Christ. So that's why it's, it's been for me and wrote some devotional books, which center on your relationship with Christ. I've got a, a devotional that uh, I send out three times a week, a short 60 second devotional that people receive. And it really is pointing back to knowing Christ, knowing Christ, knowing Christ. I want to, I want to help a million believers know the Christ of the cross, a million believers. That's where I'm going. So I'm, I'm really consumed with that right now for my sake and hopefully for the sake of other believers. You talked about being busy for God, doing things for God, and more than likely do that from an honest perspective. We do it because we love God. We do it because we want to feel like we're accomplishing something for God, not so much in a performance-based area, but just it's the right thing to do. So knowing God, define knowing God, because we you talked about it and, and people might say, well, yeah, I know God. I've, the word is true. But explain the difference between knowing God in your head and knowing God in your heart. Help our listeners understand that. Sure. I'm one who likes, when I read the Bible, I come across a word or a phrase, and I like to go in depth with that. I love words. I love the English language. So this whole thing of knowing, what does it mean to really know Christ? And you're right, it's not just the intellectual. Yes, we have to know about Jesus, hmm. but the knowing that it talks about in Philippians 3, 8, and 10 is a knowing of experience, experientially knowing Christ. So look at the life of Paul, shipwrecks and beaten and stoned and uh, just all the things that he went through, which are horrible. We don't want to go through, but he went through those things and he came out with a stronger faith. I mean, the, the guy never doubted Jesus because he knew Christ experientially. He knew Christ through the things he went through in his life, but he spent time knowing Christ in times one-on-one -on -one with him, in prayer, in just being with Jesus. That really prepared him to go out and endure some of the things that he did and become stronger in his faith. So he knew Christ in private, but he also knew Christ in public in those situations. So I think it's, you could say knowing is actually three-dimensional. It's more than just reading the Bible and praying. It really is spending time with Jesus, reading the word, not just to read it as a book, but to read it as looking at the life of Christ in detail and putting yourself there, knowing Jesus as much as we can without physically sitting next to him and talking with him, although he's revealed all of himself in the word. So it really is going deeper. So it's an experiential knowledge, not a head knowledge. And how I define that, it's kind of messy to try to describe, but that relationships are messy. Relationships aren't a formula. And that's what we need to get to, that this is not a formula. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think just that personal one-on-one, -on -one, being open and honest with God at whatever time of day or whenever your practice is to seek him is one of the fundamental building blocks of really getting to know Christ. Mm, it really is. It really is. And we're never going to know Christ fully till we see him face to face. But man, it is exciting on the road to getting there. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> There's lots of curves and hills and valleys and mountains and deserts and all kinds of things to get through to uh, get to know him. But yeah, you're right. Our listeners, people in your life, people in my life, uh, we all go through challenges. And, and I think people don't understand who don't know Christ, that 
Christianity isn't a panacea for a happy life. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's through it's those challenges. Life. Yeah. It's, it's real life. Yeah. But it's real life with God. Hmm. I like the way you say that real life with God. It's a challenge sometimes for, for those of us who are type A personalities or carry that burden with us. And yet in reality, we should be turning that over to God and trusting that he knows better than we do. Hmm. There's freedom too, when we get to that point, because whether it be performance-based Christianity, or whether it be something else that really is in the way between us and our relationship with Jesus, the answer is really the same as get to know Christ. We want to get to know Jesus on the other side of that obstacle. I kind of look at it as stone clearing. We need to clear those stones away that keep us from that intimate relationship with Jesus. It's hard to get to know Jesus when there's something in the way. And so let's get it out of the way. You know, you and I are type A, so we struggle with this performance thing. Well, those who aren't type A, they're going, these guys, this is no big deal. How come they can't get over this? Maybe for them, it could be something different. Maybe there's hurt in their life that they can't get over, pain there, and it keeps you from being able to fully trust God as your father. It may be perhaps there's an addiction. It keeps getting in the way. It's that boulder, and you can't get it out of the way. You can't get to Jesus. Yeah, you got a relationship with him. You're saved, but you really want to have that relationship that is alive, but that boulder is in the way. Maybe there's stress in your life. You're feeling stress. And that stress has just got you all bottled up. So when you sit down, even to have a, a time with the Lord, you really can't meet with him because you're so pent up with all the things on your to-do list or all the pressures or all the fears that you have. So it could be a number of things that are the boulder. And, and I, I think we need to do some stone clearing so we can get on the other side of that and have that relationship with Jesus. I kind of put these stones and I explain in what I call the freedom path, that these three types of stones or even boulders that could be in the way could be categorized in three ways. One is performance, where I fell, yeah, whether it be the hurry or just stressfully going after it or performing for God or service. If we have the gift of service, we've got to watch out that we don't use that as the way we relate to Jesus. <laughs> it's a great gift, but it can really separate us. And then there's areas that I would categorize as unconfessed sin. And then the third area, as I mentioned, is pain. And we need healing when in times of pain with unconfessed sin. Of course, we need to confess that. And those boulders, we need to get it or them out of the way so we can get to Jesus and really enjoy that relationship he wants to have with us. He said that he came that we might have life and have it abundantly. And I think that's a challenge, as you say, for believers ourselves to really walk in that abundant life. We live in a world of hurt. We live in a world of stress. We live in a world of trying to do the good thing. We live in a world of pressures and the bottom falling out around us with this whole COVID thing and all that other stuff. It's just such a dark place in the world. People really need to see that Jesus can help them overcome all those things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're right. We're in a phase right now where COVID seemed to accentuate the things that were deep within us that were wrong in our relationship with Jesus, because we were left alone with God. <laughs> I mean, it's like we couldn't do those things that we used to cover up having that vital relationship with Jesus. Those people who really did well during COVID are the ones that love just to spend time with the Lord. <laughs> and so it was like, oh, wow, I get extra quiet time this morning. It brings out some of the things that really could be soft spots in our lives. 
this whole thing of being free from that performance-based Christianity or clearing away the the other boulders that are in your life. It's it's been a great joy and it's been helping me in getting me through this as well. But the whole idea of, of knowing Christ, you asked about what that really means and experiencing Jesus. It's 3D. It's more than just intellectually knowing. But we really need to, I hate to use the word do, but I will. This isn't performance, but we've got to take some steps in order to have a rich relationship. And one of the things we have to do is we have to take time. We have to take time to be with Jesus. And it's not about checking off our devotions box in the morning or evening, whenever we have it. It really is taking time to carve out time to be with Jesus, just like we would do with our spouse. We just want to be with them. A couple hours here, three hours there, 20 minutes here, take time to read, take time to pray, meditate on scripture, just enjoy the relationship. And then the second thing we need to do is be tenacious. Things will get in the way of our relationship with the Lord. They'll get in the way of our plans to spend time with God. And those stones that we clear away in our life, they tend to roll right back. At the resurrection, the the stone was rolled away. It didn't roll back, but somehow these stones seem to roll back in our life. And so we have to be tenacious to clear it away again and get right with God. And it takes time to do that. Then third, we really do need to put forth the effort. It doesn't just happen. Knowing Christ like Paul did is not driven by self-effort, but we have to put forth the effort in the relationship, just like any other relationship. So taking the time being tenacious, putting forth the effort, but with the mindset of relationship first and anything we do comes out of that relationship rather than the cart before the horse. How about if we do it out of that love relationship with Jesus? That's what he wants because Jesus says in John 15, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, apart from me, you can do nothing. Abide in me. Now, as I talk here, I'm giving myself a sermon Um, I'm speaking to myself, reviewing what I need to get get right in my life. Johnny, I still struggle with that, but I'm experiencing more victory, more joy, more peace in my life. I'm working on these things. I say these talking to myself. Well, I think it's the same from my end in this conversation too. You hit on a couple of points. The first off was about those boulders or stones rolling back. And I think you're right. We do have to be tenacious. When God takes the scales off our eyes, when we get saved, he can t- I believe he continues to take the scales off our eyes as we progress with him. And the onus on us is when he shines his light on something in our life, he's showing it to us because it's a hindrance or it's a sin or it's a block or a stone or something. And we need to deal with it and move on. Like you say, leave it behind and press forward. And the other thing you talked about was loving God and spending time with God. So how do you spell love? How do I spell love? Yeah. Is this a trick question? No. No. (laughs) How do you spell love? L-O-V-E. No, you spell it T-I-M-E. Ah, okay. It was a trick question. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so true what you're saying that we need to spend time with God and and we need to draw back from those low-hanging fruit things that the enemy likes to put Mm -hmm. in front of us. We need to separate ourselves and recognize those things that are stealing time away from us Mm. and spend purposely time with Christ. And that's a challenge for somebody like ourselves, type A's, because my mind is like racing in a million directions at any one point in time. It can be a challenge to quiet that down, to really focus in on that relationship with God. 
I encourage everybody to take a retreat with the Lord on a regular basis. I have a friend who taught me how to take a one-day retreat time with God, and I interviewed him recently because he's like taught me how to do this, and it's changed my life. How to apply this knowing Christ thing? Well, this was it. Sometimes I'll journal. Sometimes I'll sit there and listen to worship music, go out for a bike ride, and I'll talk with Jesus. And other times I'll do a little Bible study here. We just enjoy time together. And I know that everything else is set aside and I can spend time with Jesus. And I would encourage you as a listener to do that. Try it every month and you'll find that you look forward to it because life is brutal sometimes. And to get away with Jesus, man, that is a treat. It's like ice cream in the middle of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is always refreshing, right? Yes. Yeah. In your podcast and in your uh, ministry space, you must see some kind of patterns in the world. We've already talked about the stresses of COVID and the obvious things like addictions and sin. Are there other things that you find are really holding people back from stepping into that true relationship with Christ? One of the biggest things is not living in the grace of God. And I hear people tell me as they read the devotionals that I write, they say, wow, you just, it's so conversational. I feel like you're just, you're there sitting with me and talking to me. I'm almost thinking that maybe people have such a formal relationship with God that they don't know how to have that intimate relationship. And Jesus is your best friend. Yes, he's Lord. We don't want to lose sight of that. He is Lord. Correct. He's also your friend. He is your brother. The Bible says he's, he's our brother. And so I think that's probably the toughest thing that people have. They're so busy, one. Second is people have a formalized relationship with God. And in a love relationship, there's so many dimensions to that. But one thing, it's got to be personal in a love relationship. It's got to be a friendship. I interviewed somebody whose book is called Friendship with God. We don't have enough friendship with God. Relationships these days, I'll tell you, we've isolated ourselves with social media, digital, everything like that. We don't have to see people. We just text them. Don't even call them on the phone anymore. Yeah, we've got to move out of the isolation, out of the formality and into relationships. So that's what I'm seeing. That's the trend that I'm seeing that a lot of believers are having. We're getting close to wrapping it up. So let me ask you one question. For a listener who's hearing us today talk about this relationship with God and really knowing Christ, maybe they've never actually taken that first step. Maybe they've had a really hard life. Maybe they've lost a loved one. Maybe they're addicted right now to something. What would you say to them to start them on that journey, to give them a tangible thought that they could pursue Christ with? What would you tell them? Hmm. I think I'd go back to that night in upstate New York, cold winter night in 1973, where a college football coach spoke, and he didn't speak about football. He talked about being born again. As I heard him speak, the thing that hit me is, if God can accept me for who I am, I can accept myself. I needed at that time to really have a new life. I needed to be reborn. <laughs> you know, if I could do it all over again, this would be the rebirth. But God offers us that in the midst of our life here on earth to be born again. And it's so simple. If you have a Bible or just go online and pick out John chapter three and read the story there, there's power in story. And Jesus was talking to a guy called Nick, and Jesus spelled it out right there. You've probably heard John 3.16. Now, Johnny, that's my quiz question for you. What is John 3.16? <laughs> 
John 3 16 for God so loved the world that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And so that's the center of, of chapter three, but the story around it is pretty amazing. And so that's what I would say to somebody who's seeking God and, and wanting to know more about this, this life with Jesus. Yeah, I think that's a fundamental truth and a great place to start. John, thanks so much for being a guest on our show tonight. And if people want to find more about what you're helping them with in this journey, where would they go again? I would just encourage you to go to freshfaith247.com. And I'd like to challenge you to sign up to receive the devotional I send out Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday mornings. It's a quick read. It's like 60 seconds. And what it'll do, it'll center on knowing Jesus. And I send that out to a lot of people. Go ahead and grab that at freshfaith247.com. I call it fresh bread for fresh faith. So you get a a slice of fresh bread three mornings a week. How can you do that? You have to toast it yourself, but it's fresh bread from the word of God. Go get that, sign up, and I guarantee it'll get you centered on knowing Christ and help you get started for your day. That's awesome. And if I played some music with it, I'd have toast and jam. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And the the audience, he's got one, two, three, five guitars. Johnny's got five guitars behind him. So he he might just jam. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you about knowing God. Thank you. Words fail, but I just keep talking. My derail, but there's just no stopping my train of my thoughts. It goes faster and faster. This juggernaut is my natural disaster. My what ifs collide with my wherefores and whats. Still, the only way that I'll survive is if I. And I stand here and choke Till I remember if I want to breathe Then the only remedy is if I Thank you.
I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.